0: Hey guys, before the show starts, uh, I just wanted to let you guys know why I haven't recorded an episode since the end of November uh, for Season 6. December 7th of uh, last year, my aunt uh, that I've taken care of since 2007, so for 14 plus years, uh, went into the hospital um, with congestive heart failure. Uh, she got back out of the hospital, but ever since she got back out of the hospital in December, early December, she hadn't been the same. And then a few days after Christmas, my aunt fell at the house. It was in the middle of the night. We were all sleeping and we heard her cane drop and we hurried up got out of bed and went into her room and there she was sprawled out on the floor. My aunt, God bless her, is a bigger woman, and we couldn't help her up. Um, We had to call 911, and uh, paramedics came, and, and some volunteer fire department people came and picked her up. And as soon as they picked her up and set her back in her wheelchair, she started slurring her words. And that was an alarm that was set off, and she ended up going to the hospital uh, and was transferred to another hospital where they could take better care of her well since then she's had a couple seizures she had a stroke she's on a ventilator her kidneys are failing and they've started kidney dialysis and pretty much have told us the way everything's going she's not responding she's not coming out of sedation and we were told that Uh, They were just waiting on us to give them word of stopping the dialysis and all of that. And as a family, me, my brother, and my uncle are the only family my aunt has left. We have decided, uh, so she doesn't suffer anymore, that we would probably, if it doesn't get any better, that we would probably make the call to have her taken off the ventilator and all of that. So that is what I've been going through, and that is why I have not put up another episode of uh, The Serial Killer. I am working on one, and you'll actually hear this in front of that episode, so now you'll know what's been going on anyways y'all uh there are some goals for the show as soon as i get it up back and going again i want to hit a hundred thousand listeners or hundred thousand listens to the the podcast we're very close on that right now we're about i think six thousand or something like that from the hundred thousand i'd like to hit 50 subscribers to our followers on twitter we are at 33 we've been at 33 for a while now I'd like to see if you guys would share the podcast with some other people so we could uh, possibly get more people to listen to the podcast. Uh, That would drive the numbers up uh, from where they are right now also. Uh, All in all, I just want more people to hear it. If, If you like it, and I know there's quite a few of you that have reached out to me and say you really like the podcast share it with some people, you know, or let people know about it, you know, maybe build it up a little bit more. Anyways, guys, uh, I hope you enjoy the episode that you're about ready to hear and uh, I'll talk to you in the episode. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of The Serial Killer. Uh, You guys have heard before this uh, why I haven't done an episode in a while. Anyways, today we are doing the Briley Brothers, sibling American spree and serial killers um, Linwood Earl Briley, James Darrell Briley Jr., and Anthony Ray Briley. Linwood was born March 26, 1954, in Richmond, Virginia. James, June 6, 1956, in Richmond. And Anthony, February 17, 1958, in Richmond. Linwood died October 12, 1984. James died April 18, 1985. And Anthony is in uh, prison for, uh, I think the rest of his life, I believe. Um, The date of their crimes was March 12th through October 19th, 1979. They killed 12 um, and a pregnant woman. So I don't know if they counted the baby in that 12. Early lives, the three Briley brothers, Linwood Earl, James Jr., and Anthony, were brought up by their parents in Richmond's Highland Park neighborhood. Their oldest brother, Edward Jerome Boot, left the home to live with relatives in North Carolina in his early teen years and was not involved with his younger brother's later criminal activities. With their younger brother Anthony, Linwood and James were regarded by older neighbors as young people who would help them repair cars or mow lawns, The brothers collected exotic pets such as tarantulas, piranhas, and boa constrictors. When the brothers reached their teenage years, Bertha and James split up and she moved away. James Darrell Briley Sr. reported the only person the brothers feared kept his bedroom door padlocked from the inside overnight. First murder. uh, Murder. January 28, 1971, the first killing was committed by Linwood at 16. While alone at home, Linwood fatally shot Orlean Christian, a 57-year-old neighbor, with a rifle from his bedroom window as she was hanging out some laundry on a clothesline. The crime almost went unidentified, but her relatives noticed a small bloody mark under her armpit at the viewing and asked the funeral director to re-examine the body. Upon a second examination, a small-caliper bullet was found discovered under her armpit. Standing in Christian's backyard, a detective used a sheet of plywood to represent her body with a hole cut to represent the wound. He determined a bullet came from the Briley residence, where the murder weapon was found, and Linwood admitted to the crime by saying, I heard she had a heart problems. She would have died soon anyway. Linwood was sent to reform school to serve one-year sentence for the killing. James followed in his path, and at the same age, having been sentenced to time in Juvenile Hall for firing upon a police officer during a pursuit. Murder Spree In 1979, the three Briley brothers and an accomplice, Duncan Eric Meekins, began the seven-month series of random killings that terrified the city and surrounding region. Their first attack occurred March 12, 1979, when Linwood knocked on the door of Henrico County couple William and Virginia Boucher, claiming that he had car trouble and he needed to use their telephone. Linwood eventually forced his way into their home. He held the couple at gunpoint and waved Anthony inside. The two Brileys tied up the couple and robbed the house, stirring each room, dousing each room with kerosene after stripping it of valuables. As they left, a lit match was tossed on the fuel, and the two hurriedly packed their stolen loot, a television CB radio 32 pistol and jewelry into their trunk and drove out of the area. William Boucher managed to free himself and his wife from their restraints, which Meekins apparently had not tied tightly enough, and escaped just before the house became engulfed in flames. They would be the sole survivors of the rampage, although their cat perished in the blaze. On March 21st, Michael McDuffie, a vending machine serviceman, was assaulted, shot, and robbed in a suburban home by the Brileys. Ten days later, March 31st, Linwood shot and killed 28-year-old Edric Alvin Clark over a drug dispute involving Meekins. On April 9th, the brothers followed 76-year-old Mary Gowan across town from her babysitting job, They followed her into her house, beat, raped, robbed, and shot her. They escaped from the residence with many of her valuables. The gang saw 17-year-old Christopher Phillips hanging around Linwood's parked car on July 4th, suspecting that he might have been trying to steal the vehicle. The gang surrounded him and dragged him in a nearby backyard. There, the three brothers wrestled him to the ground. When Phillips screamed for help, Linwood killed him by dropping a cinder block onto his skull. On September 14th, disc jockey John Harvey, Johnny G. Gallagher, was performing with his band at a South Richmond nightclub. Stepping outside between sets for a break, he inadvertently came right into the hands of the Brileys. Having been looking around town for a victim all night without success, they decided to lie in wait for whomever might happen to step outside. Gallagher was assaulted by Linwood and put into the trunk of his his own Lincoln Continental. He was then driven out to the ruins of a paper mill on mayo island located in the middle of the james river where he was removed from the trunk of his car and shot dead at point-blank range in the head six dollars was taken from his wallet and divided up gallagher's body was then dumped into the river the remains were found two days later when arrested months later linwood was still wearing a ring stolen from gallagher's hand on september 30th 62 year old private nurse mary wilfong was followed home to her Richmond apartment. The brothers surrounded her just outside the door and Ludwood beat her to death with a baseball bat. The brothers then entered her apartment and robbed it of valuables. Five days later, on October 5th, just two blocks from the Briley's home on 4th Avenue, 75-year-old Blanche Page and her 59-year-old boarder James, or Charles Garner were mur- murdered by the brothers. Page was bludgeoned to death while Garner was fatally assaulted and stabbed to death with various weapons which included a baseball bat, five knives, a pair of scissors, and a fork. The scissors and fork were left embedded in Garner's back. The victims of the final murders were the family of Harvey Wilkerson, a longtime friend of the brothers. On the morning of October 19th, despite having promised a judge earlier that, that day he would stay out of trouble while out on parole, James led his brothers on the prowl that night for yet another victim, Upon seeing the brothers down the street, Wilkerson, who lived with his 23-year-old wife, Judy Diane Barton, who was five months pregnant at the time, and her five-year-old son, Harvey Wayne Barton, instinctively closed and locked his door. This action was noticed by the brothers, who then walked over to Wilkerson's front door. Terrified by their potential response, who refused them entry, Wilkerson allowed them in. Okay. Both adults in the home were overpowered, bound and gagged, and duct-taped. Linwood then assaulted Judy Bryan Barton in the kitchen, where she was raped within hearing distance of the others. Meekins continued the sexual assault, after which Linwood dragged Barton back into the living room, briefly rummaged in the premises for valuables, and then left the house. The three remaining gang members covered their victims with sheets. James told Meekins, You've got to get one, upon which Meekins took a pistol and fatally shot Wilkerson in the head. James then shot Barton to death. Harvey followed shortly. Police happened to be in the general vicinity of the neighborhood and later saw the gang members running down the street at high speed. They did not know where the shots had been fired. The bodies were not discovered until three days later, but the brothers were all arrested soon afterwards. Capture and incarceration. During the interrogation by police, Meekins was offered a plea agreement in return for turning state evidence against the Brileys. He took the offer and provided full detailing of the crime spree. As a result, he escaped the death penalty and was incarcerated under an alias at an out-of-state prison away from the Briley brothers. Under the agreement, Meekins was given a life sentence plus 80 years, which at the time of conviction would make him eligible for parole after serving 12 to 15 years. A single life sentence with parole eligibility was handed down to Anthony Briley, the youngest brother of the trio, due to his limited involvement in the killings. Because of Virginia's triggerman statute, both James and Linwood received numerous life sentences for murders committed during the spree, but faced capital charges only in cases where they had physically committed the actual killing of the victim. Linwood was sentenced to death for the abduction and murder of Gallagher, while James received two death sentences, one for each of the murders of jo- uh, Judy Barton and her son Harvey. Both were sent to death row at Mecklenburg Correctional Center near Boyton in early 1980. Escape. Lidwood and James Briley were the ringleaders in the six inmate escape from Virginia's death row at Mecklenburg Correctional Center on May 31, 1984. During the early moments of the escape, in which a coordinated effort resulted in inmates taking over the death row unit, both brileys expressed strong interest in killing the captured guards by dousing them with rubbing alcohol and tossing a lit match. Willie Lloyd-Turner, another death row inmate convicted of murder executed by lethal injection on May 25, 1995, stepped in James's way and blocked him from doing so. Meanwhile, Wilbert Lee Evans, on death row after being convicted of murder of Alexandria City Sheriff's Deputy William Truesdale, prevented Linwood from raping a female nurse. Evans was executed on October 17, 1990, despite pleas of clemency and confirmation from the Mecklenburg guards, who said they owed their lives to Evans. Alexandria's Commonwealth's attorney, John Clotch, opposed the clemency and Democratic Governor L. Douglas Wilder, the state's first African-American governor, ultimately denied clemency. The group's initial plans to escape into Canada, two inmates, Lem Davis Tuggle Jr., convicted of raping and murdering one woman shortly after being released from another such crime, executed by lethal injection December 12, 1996, and Willie Leroy Jones, convicted of two capital murders, executed September 11, 1992, also succeeded, making it as far as Vermont before being captured at gunpoint by police. The group was held at Marble Valley Correctional Facility in Rutland, pending their extradition back to Virginia. Splitting off from their two remaining co-escapers at Philadelphia, the Brileys went to live near their uncle, Johnny Lee Council, in the north of the city. They were captured on June 19th by a heavily armed group of FBI agents and police who had determined their location by placing wiretaps on their uncle's phone line. Executions. In short order, the remaining appeals ran out for both brothers. Several weeks before their execution, James Briley married Evangeline Grant Redding on March 28, 1985, in a prison ceremony attended by his father, James Sr. The brothers were executed in the electric chair at the Virginia State Penitentiary in Richmond, Linwood on October 12, 1984, and James on April 18, 1985. Linwood was survived by one son, Norman Laquan Ampey who later served time in prison for bank robbery and died in 2015. James is survived by three daughters who live in Richmond. The brothers are buried at the Councils Council Family Cemetery Plot in Bethel, North Carolina. Anthony Ray Briley was given life sentence with a possibility of parole, as it could not be proven that he was directly responsible for any murders. He is incarcerated at Augusta Correctional Center, about 20 miles outside Staunton, Virginia. To date, all of his applications for parole have been denied by the State Parole Board, as have those of Duncan Meekins, despite recommendations from former prosecutors Robert J. Rice and Warren Von Schuch, who have cited Meekins' assistance in prosecuting and convicting the Briley brothers. Victims January 28, 1971. Orlean Christian, 57. 1979, March 21st, Michael McDuffie. March 31st, Edric Alvin Clark. April 9th, Mary Gowan, July 4th. Christopher Phillips, September 14th. John Harvey, Johnny G. Gallagher. September 30th. Mary Wilfong. October 5th, the Double Killing Blanche Page and Charles Garner. October 19th, the Wilkerson family, Harvey Wilkerson, Judy Diane Barton, and Harvey Wayne Barton. Alright, everybody, that was the Briley brothers. Two, three, four people that needed to be taken off the streets. And uh, well, that is that episode. We are on Twitter at the serial kill11. Would love to get some more followers there. And as always, thank you so much. Sorry it's taken so long. I'll try to get on a better schedule, uh, but life does get in the way. And, you know, hopefully you all understand that. All right. Till next time.